0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your weekly podcast describing the vampire situation on planet Earth and the other mystical creatures involved in their curse. My name is Beth, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we are happy to bring you Season 2, Episode 9, Katarina. I'm glad that you pronounced it with the rolled R. That was good. (laughs) Thank you. I do have Eastern European roots, so it's very natural for me. I don't, so I can't identify with Katarina as much as you can, so I'll need your specific insight. Of course. So you can handle the British accents, and I'll handle the (laughs) Bulgarian accents, and we'll be all good. Perfect. (laughs) That's why we work. Yes. So we were both very uh, (laughs) tickled by the opening of the episode, except there was actually sort of a tragic surprise in the previously on section. Yes! Oh, my gosh. So they took away our previous previously on section that would have for every episode so far yes. up until this one yeah so pretty much every episode Stefan is like for a thousand years or whatever the fuck over a century <laughs> over a century i've been living in secret but i had to know her yeah and that's gone mm-hmm. and now we have a bunch of banana stuff about things that we're not even that familiar with yeah, now it starts with Alaric talking about the goddamn Aztec curse. Yes, and does he talk about a shaman? He's like a shaman in this Aztec curse. Remember. Like it's Alaric wasn't even things. in this episode. <laughs> no. Oh, so, R.I.P. I had to know her. Um, My we- wedding vows were for nothing. <clears throat> They only lasted through season two, episode nine. But it is kind of funny. Like you said last week, it's like a whole new show now. Now there's a whole new intro. Yeah. It's very different. And all of the previous teenage storylines are Mm -hmm. no longer. Yeah. It's all like with the ancient vampires and like... Klaus. Yeah. Ugh. And it starts with the very beginning of the episode where we get a flashback, but it is not to 1864. It's not even to the 19th century. It's Bulgaria, 14 90. Wow. I didn't even know we had history back that far. I know. There were humans in 1490? What were they doing, man? They didn't have iPhones. I know. So there were humans, and we find out that we see our old pal Katerina Petrova, aka Catherine, 1864. And she... For... 1490 now. Yes. AKA Katarina 1490. Um, so she's in her small Bulgarian cottage and she is in the throes of labor giving birth to a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's there giving birth. Her mother is like coaching her through it and she births the child and her mother immediately takes it away um, and hands it to her father who says that she has brought shame upon their family and it's really sad like katerina is just like bawling like please mm-hmm. let me hold her just once it, it made me tear up a little bit it was sad it almost made me feel sympathy for katherine i felt sympathy for her in that moment she was just like a teenage girl in bulgaria who got knocked up and now she doesn't get to keep her baby i know Ugh, you're right it was sad It's also a a bit of a treat for Nina Dobrev in this scene because she is Bulgarian. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember. I should probably have looked this up before we started recording. Uh She, at least, is of Bulgarian ancestry, so I think she actually, like, could speak the language already, so when she was speaking it so well in this scene, that was because of that and not because of her acting skills. That's really great. (laughs) I mean... I mean, We've her acting seen, skills are good. Yes, yeah, she is such a good actress. I feel like she's like Kind of like Tatiana Maslany or something, mm. because she's like doing the same character in multiple different time periods and multiple different personalities. Like, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, katarina fourteen ninety is a whole different person from Catherine eighteen sixty four. Yeah, she's pretty much playing three different characters yeah. in this in this episode, which yeah. is super super impressive. Mm-hmm. Good job, Nina. We love you. Come on, love the show. you, girl. Please call in. <laughs> so that's kind of our opening. Scene before the credits, and after that, we get Elena coming over to the Salvatoris Like, Stephen said it was important. Yes. What do you want? And what they want is to reveal that <laughs> her recent kidnapper, Bruce, is staying with them. Yeah. And so, Elena's like, what the fuck? Elena is very surprised. So. Elena's not really pleased that Rose is there, like Stefan seems to think she's okay. Damon is very skeptical, but they're grilling her for information on the other originals and especially Klaus, and Rose is like, well, I don't really know for sure, like only what I picked up over the 500 years, but basically, Elijah is the Easter bunny compared to Klaus in it. Yes, thank you, Claire, for such a succinct recap and also so realistic. Um, the Easter Bunny line was re- really in there. I didn't make that up. No, it it totally was. It was scary because we realized that Klaus is like not to be fucked with. Yeah, it's like Elijah was scary on his own, but apparently he, according to Rose, he's just a foot soldier, and that Klaus is the real deal. Yeah, totally. Wow. So they're really building this guy up, and you better deliver. I know. Every time I hear Klaus, I just think of Santa Claus, <laughs> but I think that that's not the right persona to uh, attach to Klaus. I think of Gossip Girl because there's like this recurring mentions of Lily Vanderwoodson having previously been married to two different guys named Klaus. Oh <laughs> one yeah. One with the K and one with the C. Uh huh. But we never got to meet them, so I just imagine they're Klaus from The Vampire Diaries wearing different hats. In your notes, have you been spelling Klaus with a K or a C? It's a K. Okay, I've been also writing it with a K. It just seems like a K. That seems Bulgarian to me. (laughs) Or English and whatnot. Whatever he is. Yes, so now that Elena has checked in at the boarding house and find out that Klaus is not someone to be fucked with, I think we check in over at the school where Bonnie and Jeremy are living their best lives. Oh, God. And they're the only ones who go to school this week. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, Stefan wants to talk and keep talking to Elena, and she's like, oh, no, I gotta go to school. And I was just like, are you sure? And then, lo and behold, she's not going to school, but we'll, we'll check in on that later. Yeah, no surprise. But, unfortunately, Jeremy is at school at the same time as Bonnie and he is wearing the worst outfit that I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty bad. So he's wearing like tightish jeans that are a little bit ripped and also very light in color, and he's wearing like a jersey t-shirt of some sort with a giant red number on it, and then he's also wearing like a flannel shirt over it. It's not even flannel. It's like a men's checked suit shirt, like a light blue one. Oh God, you right. unbuttoned, and I what I thought was really weird is first of all that his jersey had like a little like V-neck slit in the top. Yeah, and also the number was on the front, which is not how it usually works, as far as I know, sports. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't, don't think know. Jeremy has ever played a sport, which is fine. But why are you wearing a jersey? Exactly, and why does it say eighty six? That's the year I was born. Ugh, I I don't know. We don't know any of these things. It was a horrible fashion choice, and he wears it in every scene in this episode. And every time I see it, I'm just like, "What?" They're very springy colors. It's a very spring color scheme. So maybe it is spring. <laughs> this is how we know they're. Changing he isn't wearing seasons. a beanie. This time. Uh, and he's also wearing a lot of bronzer in this episode. I think it's trying to make him seem attractive to the audience. Yeah. He does have a better haircut now. I'll give him that. Okay. It's still not enough. No, it really isn't. But I'm trying to be unbiased, but fair. Okay. I cannot be fair. <laughs> um, so aside from Jeremy's terrible outfit, what's happening here is that Bonnie and Bonnie and Jeremy arrive at school at the same time. And Jeremy asks Bonnie, like, hey, like, do you want to go over to the grill later? We can play some pool. And then Bonnie just looks at him and she's like, why? (laughs) I loved that so much. Oh, my God. Me, too. I was like, yes, girl. Yes. Because if you think about it, it's really weird. Yeah. Her best friend's little brother, like, would you ever... Want to go play pool with your best friend's little brother? No. Like, I don't have a little brother, so I don't know, but it seems weird. It seems very weird. I would never do it, especially if that person was Jeremy. And Bonnie realizes that, realizes that it's weird because she says, like, it's just weird because you're Elena's little brother. And he, And then Jeremy is like... Listen, I understand that you're probably really bad at pool, but yeah. I thought that you might want to hang out anyway. And I'm just like, oh my God, Jeremy. When yeah, will you she's learn? like, well, okay, it's weird, but sure. I'm really bad at pool, though. I thought you might be. Oh, yeah. Because you're a that's girl. Right. <laughs> oh, I know. So at this moment, a reasonably addressed gentleman comes up and is like, mm-hmm. what up? I'm the new kid on the block, NKOTB, hangin' <laughs> tough. Uh, can you tell me where such-and-so classroom is? And Jeremy launches on this really long explanation of how to get there. He's like, you go in there, then take the first left, then down two flights of stairs, then two rights, and, like, you must be new. Yeah. Oh, my God. You don't know that already? I know. He gives him such detailed directions, and then eventually he's like, well, I'm going in the same spot. I'll just show you where it is. Because he saw this guy and Bonnie kind of making sexy eyes at each other. And he's like, I must get him away from my woman immediately. Yeah, totally for sure. And like, obviously Jeremy is way out of his league with Bonnie. So he's trying to do everything that he can to cock block her. Fucking Jeremy, man. I know. And like, he's like trying to pretend like he's like king of the school or something. It's so stupid. Yeah. Like he suddenly thinks that he's on the level of all the people in Elena's grade. Yeah. But he's Jeremy Gilbert. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> I know. So we leave that shit show and uh, we go and find out where Elena is actually going. Uh, she and Caroline are wandering through the forest to the, t- to the tomb ruins. And Elena has like this giant sack of shit. I'm like, are they going to have a picnic in the tomb? That sounds fun. I wish they were just going to have a picnic, but they're having a conversation about how they are... How Elena wants to go see Catherine, who's in the tomb, because she needs to find out the truth about what's going on with her being the doppelganger and all of this stuff. And she has enlisted uh, Caroline to spend the day distracting Stefan because if Stefan is left unattended for two seconds... He will hunt down Elena even though they're currently not together. Of course. (laughs) And so Caroline's like, I'm not good at lying or duplicity, you know this. I'm like, Really? I feel like you spent a lot of time like fooling people. I know. Very true. And Elena points out, like, Oh well, you did a pretty good job that day of the weird ass (laughs) barbecue when Catherine had Stefan all chained up. I know. So, uh, Caroline reluctantly agrees because Elena invokes the girlfriend code. Oh yes. Ye old girlfriend code, where I don't know what to code. do. Is it supposed to be like the bro code? I think it's supposed to be like the bro code. But it's for girls and basically Elena evokes it so that Caroline will move that super heavy ass rock that's <laughs> blocking Catherine 1864 into the chain. And that heavy ass pentagram door it becomes clear is like a hollow paper mache cast of a door. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you see Candace Hattula trying to pull it out. But yeah, it really took me out of the episode. I was like that thing is one pound. Yeah, like I believe that Caroline is super strong because I've seen her beat the shit out of many men, which yes. is awesome. But something about just like the way it was shot, it was clear that it was like One pound (laughs) Totes Yeah But anyway She Hauls the door off And then Is reluctant to leave Because she thinks Elena will be in danger But Elena's like The spell's in place She can't get out I'll be fine and then Catherine comes hobbling up. She has no shoes on. Like, when did she lose her shoes? I guess they were probably heels, so she was getting blisters, and they don't heal if she can't drink blood. Yeah, you're right. So she took her heels off. She's still wearing kind of a sexy outfit. It's um, her dress from the masquerade. Yes, of course. Um, and she's like, Hello, Elena. Have you come to watch me wither away? And her voice is all coarse, and she's got, like, giant bags under her eyes. But her hair still looks really clean. Oh, yeah, and she's not wearing a top hat. Yeah, I'm like, does she have some dry shampoo in the tomb with her? Because she's been in there for long enough that she's all raspy-voiced and sallow-looking. Yeah. There is no grease in her hair at all. I know, you're right. Hmm, maybe she had some dry shampoo in her purse. Did she bring her purse in with her? I don't know. Maybe the moonstone has magical hair powers. That wouldn't surprise me. That thing can do so many things. And yet we haven't seen it do a single thing yet. (laughs) I know, that's why I'm just subscribing every supernatural attribute to it. The moonstone can like locate your lost phone. it can make you a pizza... It could be substituted for dry shampoo. It controls the tides. I and want one. Me too. I Again, I feel like they have them at most gift shops in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then I'd have to go to Rhode Island. True. Is is Rhode Island, like, the neighbor state that Connecticut hates and thinks is shitty? Like, Indiana is to Illinois. Um. It depends on where you are in Connecticut. Like... Connecticut is a very small state, but there are some feuds. So, like, if you're in lower Connecticut, like southern, you're more feuding with New York. But I'd say overall, the big rival is Massachusetts, because Mm. Rhode Island is so small that it's kind of like one of those things that Mm. it doesn't matter. But they do (laughs) have really pretty beaches, and I like Rhode Island in general. (laughs) Yeah, don't hate us if you're listening from Rhode Island. I know, we love you. Rhode Island forever. All I really know about Rhode Island is that um, Seth Cohen wanted to go to RISD. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't remember if he did or not. I remember there was a very special episode where he had an interview for Brown, but he smoked some weed and didn't go. Oh, my God. That was like... (laughs) We need to... I need to rewatch the O.C. That is hilarious. Yeah, You would definitely go to your interview if you smoked weed you would right. be like so paranoid about missing it you would show up like four hours early and write a script <laughs> well,
1: I anyway guess,
0: i guess uh seth is just not that kind of stoner i guess anyway the vampire diaries um elena like i need to ask you some questions and Catherine's like haha why should i talk to you And Elena's like, because I have this water bottle full of blood. Yep. She came prepared. She sure did. She had a lot of stuff in that bag. She had like a pillow for Catherine to sit on. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very thoughtful of her. Yeah. She would, she like packed a bag. And she has the Petrova book from Duke. Where the spine is. I noticed the spine was different on this one because the V in Petrova was like, Two V's on top of each other, like the bitch. Oh my God. I'm telling you it was CGI'd on in the last (laughs) time we saw it. Yeah, so Elena is super prepared and she's like, listen, I just need you to tell me about Klaus. And Catherine is kind of like, are you sure you didn't come just to watch me wither away? But Elena is just really interested in understanding what her dangers are. Yeah, so she has, like, a little plastic shot glass. And she pours some blood in it and, like, takes a stick and scoots it over past (laughs) the tomb spell boundary. And Catherine says, "Mm, you have the Petrova fire. Yes! Oh, my God, I love it. Petrova. So I think at this point, Catherine does a bit of a flashback mm-hmm. to Bulgaria and well or wait to... she got kicked out of Bulgaria in her own words and banished <laughs> to England 1492 yes because she had a child out of wedlock and that's unacceptable my question here is that that was Bulgaria 1490 what happened in those two years before she got banished <laughs> was she just like fighting with her douchey dad all the time hopefully in his stupid facial hair. I know. Her dad was the worst. He, like, ushered that baby out of there so fast. Poor baby. Uh, so, yeah. She got sent to England in 1492. And she's like, so I just became English. So, in all these flashbacks, Nina Dobrev is trying to do a British accent and it's not really working. No. And, like, none of me the other characters in the scene have a British accent either. It took me a while to realize that she was even trying to do a British accent. Yeah, I feel like these they shot these scenes at the end of like the filming for this episode, and she's just like, I can't pull out a British accent at this point, so just do your best. I have just been speaking too much damn Bulgarian, I can't do it. I know it was like my British accent at the end of last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like scraping around, trying to make it happen for herself, and she tells Elena that she met a nobleman named Klaus. And she was very taken with him till she learned he was a monster who wanted to sacrifice her to break the spell or the curse. Yes. So I think what we get here is that Klaus is the OG vampire, like the original mm-hmm. one. Yeah, they. At some point, somebody makes the point that he's the oldest of the old. Okay. So, what's not. Clear to me is how Elena became connected with Klaus. Is it that they just ran into each other, or he knew that she was the person? I you mean Catherine? Catherine, <laughs> fuck me. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, she's kind of glossed over. Like, okay, she just came across Klaus, and there's a part later I think where she explains that the curse originated by using the blood of the original Petrova doppelganger. Or, like, the person for who the doppelgangers came, so he would have recognized her. I see. This is all very confusing. I feel like this episode throws a lot at you. Yeah, there is a lot of fucking information in this episode. (laughs) Some of it makes sense, and some of it is, like, you just have to go with it. Okay. Like, how they just randomly ran into each other. Although, Klaus was probably looking for a doppelganger if he knew they existed.
1: So maybe he, like,
0: had a network of people looking for Mm -hmm. Nina Dobrov lookalikes. Yep seems fair we don't get to see Klaus in this episode we hear a lot about him but we do get to see elijah in the flashbacks and he is wearing quite the wig let me tell you do you know what it reminded me of is barney stinson before he became a businessman and he was a barista (laughs) like i'm pretty sure that was the same wig I thought that that was like a straight blonde wig. Yes, but Elijah just had it pulled back into a ponytail. No, he had like a curly brown wig. Did he? Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Maybe I feel like it, Trevor's wig looked more like the Barney wig. You're right. I'm thinking of Elijah and Trevor is the same person. They do kind of look like. Oh God. R.I.P. Trevor. Oh yeah, we get to see Trevor's initial betrayal. Mm-hmm. So like Elijah has a hunting party in the woods all searching for Catherine, and Catherine's, or sorry, Katerina, is running like full speed in her old-timey gown, which looks a lot like her 1864 gowns, even though it's 1492, so apparently the (laughs) fashions didn't change that much. She like falls on her face, and Elijah's just like, I can smell you. But Trevor's like, oh, there's more blood over that way. Go over there, Elijah. Yeah, and Elijah's like, it's pointless to run. Klaus will find you. But then Trevor quarters, uh Katerina by a tree and is like, psst, there's like a cool cottage in the woods. Run there and you'll be safe, girl. And she's like, okay, peace. <laughs> yeah. And then at some point, I think we have an aside where Elijah is pretty much saying that the curse is that Klaus would need to drain every drop of blood from the doppelganger. Yeah. So it's not just like, we need to stab your palm with a letter opener and get a couple drops. (laughs) You need to be a bloodless husk. Yes. As if an animal got you. (laughs) So that's fun. Um, We kind of go away from that for a minute and see Damon with Rose. And he still really doesn't trust her. He doesn't really believe that she's telling the truth about shit. Um... And he wants to know how he can arrange a meeting with Klaus because he knows that Rose was able to get a meeting with or get a message to Elijah, so she must have channels. Yeah, and Rose pretty much has to give Damon a truth bomb here because she's like, listen, even though I was able to reach Elijah. Um, I could reach 200 more people past Elijah and not even be close to Klaus. So we find out that Klaus is this like super shrouded, important person who's not immediately accessible, even by the oldest vampires. Yeah, we don't know where he's hiding or why it takes hundreds of people to find him or how safe it is for there to be hundreds of people who know of his existence. (laughs) Very good point. But basically, Um, she's like, I could get a message to Elijah, but that's like child's play. mm -hmm. But he kind of gets her to tell him that she got to Elijah through her contact Slater in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, yes. I just like the way she says Slater. Slater. I want to name my firstborn Slater, but only talk about it in a British accent. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure your child will appreciate that. (laughs) They'll be the coolest. Like A.C. Slater? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that means that someday they'll grow up to host a game show based on Candy Crush. (laughs) One can only dream. That's my ticket to the top, y'all. <laughs> so then we go to the Mystic Grill, where Caroline's like wolfing down a salad of all things. Like you're a vampire. I don't think vampires can gain weight. Like why are you not eating like mozzarella sticks right now? I know, and she's like, I'm just so hungry. Like I need to be eating all the time because it quells my cravings. Stop eating killing a salad. People or just- yeah. <laughs> Have, like, a steak or something. Prime rib. Do they have prime rib at the grill? I doubt it. That's too fancy. (laughs) I know you're right. They'd have to charge more than $8 for it. (laughs) So I guess before they get to the grill, Caroline kind of stops Stefan from running off to check on Elena, who allegedly called in sick to school. Uh, She's like, oh, uh, well, it's no big deal, but I told Tyler Lockwood that I'm a vampire. (laughs) Yeah. Which is true. But it's, it's a clever plan because Stefan's going to want to know about that and it, it even gets him to stop worrying about Elena for 10 seconds. So she's like, oh yeah, by the way, Tyler has those killing people urges too. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, and Stefan like, seems mad at the beginning but he's also super understanding, which was yeah. surprised surprise to me. I don't know. He like seems very forgiving of Caroline's discretions. Yeah, well... Damon really was the one who was like, Tyler can't know about us. Like, Stefan would have preferred, I think, for him to not know, but he only knows about Caroline, so mm-hmm. there's that. And He's just kind of like an exasperated older brother. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Like, oh, Caroline, what have you done this time? <laughs> so then I think we check back in with Catherine Elena over at the tomb. Um, And Catherine is explaining again about her flashback. So we kind of pick up where the last flashback left off. So I think Trevor had told her to go to that cool cabin. Mm -hmm. So we see a clip of Catherine running and entering the cabin. And an old woman answers the door. And she doesn't want to let her in at first. But then Rose pops up behind her. And she's like, hey... Let her in, and then she compels the old woman to give Catherine water and something to eat. Yeah, so Rose is not really happy to see her. She's like, ugh, fucking Trevor. Always mm-hmm. getting me into scraps. That one. <laughs> and uh, so we know that Trevor really was behind us. We had heard that a little bit last week. But, mm-hmm. you know, Rose is a good bro, so she lets Catherine in, but then says... You know, sorry, but I'm going to keep you here for a minute. And then when it gets dark, I'm taking you right back to Klaus because I don't want any of this mess. Yeah, she's literally like, you have the moonstone and nobody escapes from Klaus. Oh, yeah, because apparently Catherine stole the Moonstone from Klaus somehow, even though she was human at that point. Yeah, right? She's the oldest vampire of all time. I know. She like, thinks... Did she steal it from him, like, during sex? Yeah, like, he probably just, like, clenched it in his butt cheeks or something while they were doing it. Know, and it was just, like, like, an like, easy time. I want to try something I learned about in Friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, Rose is not pleased. I did notice that in these flashbacks, she has a wig of like really long, flowy, beautiful hair, and it looked really nice. And I was like, why do you have this terrible hairstyle in present day? It did look really nice. She looked really pretty. I know. So speaking of Rose, we go back to modern times, and uh, Rose and Damon have driven to Richmond to (laughs) check in on Slater and try to get some more information. And, like, they get out of the car and Damon immediately zooms her into the wall and starts choking her. Yeah, it's like you were just in the car together for at least two hours, I presume. Yeah, like, why wait until now? And he's um, like, I just want you to know if you're setting up, yeah, I will kill you. And then Rose gets back at him real quick and she's oh, like, yeah. listen, I'm older than you and stronger than you and don't get on my bad side. That was good. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> I've been working on it. I've been practicing. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. I love these examples of the men underestim- underestimating female vampires who are literally hundreds of years older than them. Yes. She's so, listen, bitch. So, Don't I guess they me. come to, like, a mutual agreement that they could, that they're both aggressive towards one another and go into the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, this secret vampire coffee shop that's, like, Got loads of natural light coming in And Damon's like what the fuck Cause Rose doesn't have a day ring mm-hmm. um, And she's like oh it's double-paned tempered glass, no UV rays. So I'm like, what the fuck is the rule of sunlight with vampires? Like, if they wear enough sunscreen, can they go out in in the light? Like, that's bullshit. If it's tinted glass or double-paned does not indicate the fact that it would be UV-resistant. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's really stupid. But they've gone there to meet Slater, who apparently always hangs out here, and he's like a hipster vampire nerd. That is the perfect description of him. Because he looks like a scrappy guy who hangs out at a coffee shop who I would probably go on a Tinder date with. (laughs) (laughs) He does. And then be like, "Eh, maybe not. Um, And we learn that he has spent his many, many years as a vampire just getting degrees in like every single subject. Yeah, he's like, I have eight master's degrees, three PhDs, blah, But he immediately knows who Damon is because he also is, like, a vampire historian. He's like, Damon Salvatore turned in 1864 by Catherine Pierce, a.k.a. Katarina Petrova. Nice to meet ya. Yeah, it was, like, a really good show recap of, like, who we were meeting. (laughs) Right? So Damon's like, "Uh, okay. And they settle in to kind of get some more deets from this nerd. Indeed. And then I think it's back to the flashback. Yeah. So Catherine and Elena continue their conversation. And shit just goes wrong real fast. Mm. And I might throw it over to you to give a (laughs) recap of the scene. Because I'm just like, uh. Well, Rose has, you know, her plan that she's going to turn Catherine over to Klaus as soon as she can go outside. Uh Um, Trevor comes back and is like, Rose, no, I love her. You can't do it. And so Rose goes in to check on Catherine, and Catherine just has a giant stab wound in her stomach. Right. She's She's like, I fell on a tree branch in the woods. And Rose is like, "Uh, no, what's this knife in your bed? And so she knows that if uh, Catherine dies, that Klaus is not going to forgive her and Trevor. So she force feeds her some blood and then goes out to yell at Trevor a bit about being an idiot and getting them both killed. (laughs) And while they're talking, we hear, like, suddenly there's a thump from the other room. And what has Catherine done but gone and hung herself from the rafters really fast? Like, she tied that knot and, like, rigged up a noose. That was very effective in a very, very short amount of time. I was impressed. Yeah, it was like 15 seconds. So to quickly recap, if I understand correctly, Catherine tried to kill herself Mm -hmm. so that she couldn't be captured by Klaus. Yeah, she said she'd rather die than go back to Klaus. Okay. And Rose was like, oh, hell nah. I'm not taking the blame for this. Force feeds her blood and then Catherine hangs herself so that she turns into a vampire mm-hmm. because the doppelganger has to be human. And if it's not a vampire, the curse won't work. Yeah, if if she's not human anymore, her blood won't break the curse. Okay. So that was some quick thinking and quick noosing on Catherine's part. Oh, hell yeah. I mean... I'm just watching history here, and it took me, like, two (laughs) minutes to understand what was going on. Yeah. So, it's pretty impressive. There were two suicide attempts, one successful, like, in one day for Catherine. Yeah. So, when she wants to do something, she gets it done. But this kind of puts a wrench in Rose and Trevor's plan to not get murdered by Klaus. So, they have to go on the run, and back in the tomb, Elena's like, wow, so you just ruin their lives like they had to run forever and trevor's dead now and catherine's just like yep she's like leaping through the pages of the book like yeah what a shame surprised he lasted that long (laughs) yeah i was like that's cold i was like yeah it was only because he was hanging out with rose Um, who isn't an idiot i know she saved him so catherine for the first of a couple times says uh better they die than me yeah and catherine pretty much is like listen I've been looking out for myself, and you should do the same, Elena. Mm-hmm. And she is this where she offers to turn Elena into a vampire? It might be. It's one of these scenes. Yeah, she cuts yeah. open her wrist with her oh, fingernail. It is. And I was like, thank God we have somebody who knows, like, a proper place to bleed themselves, not the palm of the hand. <laughs> right. And also, wow, she has some sharp fingernails. Yeah. But she's like, oh, well, you know, here's one way out. And Elena's just like, girl, please. Yeah, and she heals so quickly that when she cut herself, Catherine was like, here's your chance, going, 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 gone, and she was just healed again. Yeah, because I guess she's had a couple of, like, Dixie cups of blood now, so her healing powers are back. Yeah, girl is powerful right now. Yeah. And then I think we check in over at the grill again. Mm Mm-hmm where Stefan and Caroline are continuing their conversation, and Caroline is pretty much begging Damon not to tell... Stefan? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Caroline is begging Stefan not to tell Damon that she told Tyler she's a vampire Mm -hmm. because Damon will kill her if Tyler knows. Yeah, and she also mentions that uh, Tyler is really scared and nervous because it's almost the full moon and he's going to turn for the first time. Yeah, so that's yeah. some foreshadowing for maybe the next episode. Yeah, we don't see any of him this week, but I'm yeah. sure we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stefan's like, Of course, I'm not going to tell him. Like, no, he would kill you. Yeah. And Caroline's like, Why are you such a good friend to me? And then Stefan says the sweetest thing. He's like, You remind me of my friend Lexi. I know. Oh my, I is was it like because trying. she's a blonde vampire? I, I don't know. <laughs> It was very nice. But it's cute because he does have a nice budding friendship with Caroline. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to see him have a platonic relationship with a woman or a girl. In this (laughs) instance. Yes. So that warmed my heart. And then there's just like kind of an awkward zoom over to another table where the new kid at school, whose name is Luca, because that's the name. uh, He's sitting there with his dad and Bonnie comes in and sees Lucas is like, oh, how was your first day of school? What's up? And then the dad introduces himself. He's like, my name is Dr. Jonas Martin. <laughs> is that his real name? Yeah. Whoa. And he, she sits with them for a minute because Jeremy's not there yet. And they're like, oh, we came here from Louisiana. Oh, your last name is Bennett. I met some Bennetts in Salem. Any relation? Yeah, that, that was super weird. So, From what I understand, like, these people know that Bonnie's a witch and they're just trying to, like, confirm her background or something. Yeah. But also, Bennett is a super common-ass last name. (laughs) So, like, this guy said that he was from Louisiana, that they met in Virginia, and that he once knew a Bennett in Massachusetts and that they must somehow be related. Excuse me, no. (laughs) But he was right. Yes, he was. Um so that's a little bit suspicious. Yep. But uh then Jeremy shows up so Bonnie takes her leave, but as she's leaving she like puts her hand on Luca's shoulder and she's feeling some kind of something. Yep. At first you think maybe she's just really horny and has realized that this is like a viable sexual prospect and not Jeremy Gilbert. Hopefully. She gives him like a sly eye and then goes off with Jeremy and we're like, I don't know what's gonna happen there. I know. It was emotional. (laughs) <laughs> and then we go back to the vampire coffee shop <laughs> and Slater is Slater. just laying it all out there yeah. he's like are they asking him about Klaus they're asking him about something I forget who he's talking about when he says yeah. this amazing line he's like oh yes they helped me about my thesis about sexual deviance in the Baroque period yeah oh yeah that right that old subject that's my favorite book um and i just always whenever i hear baroque i think of that terrible joke in beauty and the beast where cogsworth is giving ball a tour of the castle and he's like and you know what they say if it's not baroque don't fix it (laughs) so now i'm imagining this being a paper about sexual deviance with cogsworth and lumiere or something I, i like it you never know yeah So that's just like another mention of Slater being a huge nerd who writes many theses on weird things. Yes, (laughs) and that's not even my favorite part of the scene. My favorite part is that they're like, "Hey, how did you get in touch with Elijah?" And he's like, "On Craigslist." Yeah, he was like, he was like, "Listen, I just emailed someone on Craigslist who knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew Klaus or Elijah or whatever the fuck." Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, what does this Craigslist ad say? <laughs> oh, my God. What led you on it to, like, like lover at gmail.com posted an <laughs> ad looking for <laughs> precious stones with mystical properties? Uh, but and that, how would that person even weed through all the responses? Yeah, I mean, were, I guess if you're response. a vampire nerd, you can, you know, spend all day doing that i guess but he says that now that elijah is dead because he buys it immediately that elijah is actually dead which seems silly since he knows so much about vampires um it's like well now that elijah said my connection is gone so i can't get up all the way up to klaus yes and meanwhile outside (laughs) some dude like i don't even know how to describe it it's just like too long of a shot of this Shelby-looking dude playing an acoustic guitar on the street with, like, busking. And we're like, why the fuck are we doing this? Is this, like, an Ed Sheeran cameo type deal or something? It reminded me of in Gilmore Girls, where they would always show that guy, like, playing the guitar at the Troubadour in the town square. Yeah. Except this guy was no Troubadour. No. Um, So we find that we have to watch this guy playing his guitar, uh... Because a mysterious figure walks up and drops a hundred dollar bill in his guitar case, so that he can scoop out all the loose change. Whoa! And who is it? It's Elijah. He's Remember, looking fine. He's looking fine. He's wearing a nice suit. Yeah, and like it. Uh, it's almost like he wasn't almost dead last episode. Yeah. So he's rolling around that change from the guitar case in his hand and you're like what's he up to? He's just like staring at the vampire cafe from across the street and using his super vampire hearing to listen in on the conversation. Yes, exactly. So wh- how does the conversation go in there? So
1: we, oh, before that, you're that continues,
0: <laughs> we we go back to the mystic girl actually where Bonnie is proving that she's so bad at pool. Her feminine hands just can't even hit the ball at all. Yeah, so Jeremy has the uh, the niceness to tell Bonnie, feel free to ask for your dignity back at yeah. any point. Gross. Again, me being tough but fair. At least he didn't do the creepy, like, go up behind her and put his arms around her and be like, no, you had to do it like this. You're right. I was fully expecting that yeah. in the scene. I was shocked that he didn't do that. Me too. So, so we'll have to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, <laughs> you've met, like... The lowest possible bar for acceptable human behavior. (laughs) Yes, literally not being creepy to someone is something to be rewarded. Yep. Uh, It's not time for wire men yet. And then (laughs) Luca just like bops up and is like, I get winner. I'm part of this. And it's just really awkward. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'm like, somehow Jeremy is not the most socially awkward person in this scene. What the hell is going on? Even with his outfit. Yep. So they're a little threesome of pool players with varying agendas. <laughs> and then uh, speaking of agendas, Caroline is trying to stop Stefan from leaving because he's like, oh, I, I really have to go now. And she's like, no, wait, we have to talk about something. <laughs> Stefan's finally just like, look, if I didn't know how good you were at distracting men, which, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of a creepy thing to say. It totally Um, was. I would buy this innocent act, but you're trying to distract me. Where's Elena? Yeah, and of course, Stefan goes back to just focusing on Elena solely. Like, he doesn't care what else is going on. He doesn't Mm -hmm. care who else might be affected or in danger. He's just like, where's Elena? And Caroline's like, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. And Stefan is like, are you kidding me? You're not going to tell me where Elena is? I'm like, you're not even her boyfriend anymore. Chill the fuck out. Like, Caroline knows where she is. She's probably fine. Like, it's none of your business. Yeah, and then he pulls this line on her, like, listen, if you're really my friend, you would tell me where she is right now. And Caroline's like, no, I I can't. And and Stefan gets really sad. He's like, she's with Damon, isn't she? Yeah, like, (laughs) oh my god. I know. It's actually way more serious than this. And if you would get your head out of your ass for a second and stop being jealous of your brother, you might actually be able to have a reasonable conversation with someone. And I'm sorry, I just said reasonable. Reasonable. I didn't even notice. Okay, thank you. You just called yourself out. I did. <laughs> but Caroline's like, look, you, you and I are friends, but I'm also friends with Elena. I promise that I wouldn't tell you where she is. But she's safe. I wouldn't have left her if she was in any danger. Right. But Stephen's like, that's bullshit. And he just storms out and sticks Caroline with the bill. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> so rude. You can't just do that. <laughs> yeah, at least throw down a 10 on the table. <laughs> on your great. way out. Like, dude's got money. He's been alive for like 500 years. Do you know how many... Or okay, 200. <laughs> do you know how much wealth I could accumulate in 200 right? years? Especially if you had vampire powers... Yes. You could just, like, compel people to, like, give you money. Also, like, tell you about the hot upcoming stocks in the stock market. Yeah, just compel Martha Stewart and send her to jail. Right? That's probably what happened in that whole thing. I situation. blame Stefan for Martha Stewart's incarceration. <laughs> Me too. Just a hot for take. <laughs> oh, so... I I was happy with Caroline for sticking up for herself and Elena and not letting him guilt her into being a rat. Me too. Go Caroline. You go girl, we got you. And then we go back to the tomb where Elena's kind of working out some she's, you know, tying some things together in her little narrative. She's like, oh, I get it. So you wanted the moonstone so you could bargain for your life with Klaus if he ever found you. She's basically like, Yep. And then Lena's like, But you need more than just the moonstone to break the spell. And then <laughs> they just go, like, spell out all of the ingredients of everything that yes. they need to break the curse. And it's the moonstone, a werewolf, a witch, and a vampire. And apparently, Catherine's plan was to use Tyler as the werewolf, who was supposed to be Mason, uh, mm-hmm. Bonnie as the witch, and Caroline as the vampire. And Helena's like, what the fuck? So I have a question about this. When Catherine says that they needed a vampire for the curse and mm-hmm. she was had turned herself into a vampire. Yeah. That was a mistake? Mm-hmm. Because she was like, Klaus can't use human blood for the doppelganger, it has to be a vampi or it has it has to be human blood to use as the vampire? Yeah, so, like, the vampire the part of the curse is separate from that. So it's, like, okay. Do- like I don't know if they say it explicitly, but they at least heavily imply, and spoiler alert, this is the case, that <laughs> the curse breaking ceremony involves sacrificing the doppelganger, the werewolf, and the vampire. Okay. So she basically wants to murder Elena, Tyler, and Caroline. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. I was just confused about, like... Katerina turning herself into a vampire and the human blood part of it. So the doppelganger and the vampire can't be the same person. Right, exactly. Gotcha, (laughs) I got you. (laughs) So I think then we go back to the cafe where what they're talking about is like what the curse actually means. And I think, I forget who says it's either Slater or Rose is explaining that whoever breaks the curse, it helps their team. So if a vampire breaks the curse werewolves are cursed forever to be bound by the moon or whatever the fuck. And if a werewolf breaks the curse, then vampires can't go in the sun forever. But whoever breaks the curse, like, gets free of their own bullshit. Mm -hmm. So Rose is like, oh, but werewolves are basically extinct, right? And Damon's like, actually. Yeah, he's like, I know a few out there. (laughs) Yeah, there's one or two. I might have pulled the heart out of one of them, but. Slater basically gets a boner and is like, I have to go to Mystic Falls. Yeah, he's like, this place is the coolest. And that's when Elijah finally executes his plan with the coins he's been passing back and forth between his hands. He just like, as though he's skipping stones, just like slings them at the window. Very casually, but he has super, super, super vampire strength, so it shatters Mm -hmm. the double pane, tempered glass windows. And all Uh, those vampires start getting fried up crispy. Right, on top of the... The cuts that they have from the glass shattering off of the double pane window.
1: Yeah,
0: and Yikes. surprisingly, Damon chooses to get Rose out of there instead of going after whoever broke the glass. Mm-hmm. Good and, point. And he had had a conversation with Rose earlier about how, like, she was crying about Trevor randomly at the house, and he's like, "You should turn off your humanity switch. Then you don't have to be sad." And he claims that his is off right now, and rose is like that's bullshit yeah for sure but he's already just being nice to this random lady who he was strangling earlier i'm already (laughs) obsessed with rose she's like my new favorite character (laughs) i like her yeah she's the best so he gets her back to their like blackout windowed suv and her burned up face starts healing Mm -hmm. and she's freaking the fuck out she's like we're all dead like klaus is gonna get us because they don't know that Elijah's still alive, so they think it must have been Klaus who did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wow. And so you can see that Damon kind of starts to trust her in that moment because he can see how legitimately terrified she is of Klaus. Mm-hmm. So now that everybody's kind of dealing with the aftershock of the coin attack, yeah. uh, we hop over back to the Mystic Rill where Bonnie and Luca are catching up. It seems that the pool game has ended and Luca's well, Jeremy's like, still playing. Oh yeah. Jeremy's <laughs> playing by himself. You're totally right. Um, so while he's playing in the background, Luca kind of goes up to Bonnie and he's like, listen, I'm sorry that my dad was weird before and kind of calls you out. Um, but he really doesn't like everyone to know like what we are in this new place. And we're just really trying to like keep a low profile and fit in. And Bonnie's like, what are you, a witch? And he's like, well, we prefer the term warlocks. Yeah, because we're tough men. Yep. And this once again reminded me of Price Peterson. Black people are witches. Oh, God. Because <laughs> literally another pair of black characters is introduced. And what do you know? They're witches. Why did they do that in this show? It makes no sense. I don't know. And I felt like it. they kind of tried to make a race metaphor here because... Luca sort of pointedly says to Bonnie, Well, he's like, Oh, well, my dad and I, we really just want to fit in here in this town. Like, it's been hard. It's tough being different. Oh, and I like, didn't even catch that. Yikes. I just, it's a sort of like clumsy thing, and I don't trust the writers of the show to make like race statements. <laughs> no. So. But to prove he has his powers, he does sort of a salt version of Bonnie's flo- feather floating trick. He like, Dumps all the salt on the table, first of all. I'm like, Matt's gonna have to clean that up later. <laughs> and he like puts his hand over it, and the salt particles start floating around under it. So, yeah, more witchcraft or warlock craft <laughs> now in Mystic Falls. Wow. Yeah. And then we go back to the tomb where Stefan has tracked Elena down. He's like, Elena, don't trust anything Catherine said to you. She's a liar. Everything she says is a lie. Blah, 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 yeah. And he's just overreacting and I love this scene because I feel like Elena has just taken her own destiny into her hands. Yeah. And she's like, "Listen, you might not want anything to happen to me, but listen, you're going to die trying." So like, mm-hmm. how is that any better than us being dead in the first place or something yeah. like that? And she just wants to get the information because obviously her blood is key to some kind of Horrible sacrifice. Yeah. So she's curious, and she believes the things that Catherine's been telling her. Stefan tells her not to, but Catherine is just standing there the whole time. She's like, oh, I haven't even told you the coolest part of this story yet, guys. And then we go to Bulgaria, 1942. No, 1492. 1492. <laughs> oh, no, I'm verbally dyslexic. I know, just like me. <laughs> um, so... Catherine pretty much tells us and we have a horrible flashback where her whole entire family is dead and she tells us that Klaus killed everyone just for just because Catherine was running. Yeah, and she like climbs onto the bed. She like ignores her dad who's like speared to a door. Yeah. She seems to have maybe some sisters lying around but she crawls onto the bed where her mom is lying with her throat cut. And just like sob[s] over her, he's like, "Mama, no." I know it's and really sad. sad. And then I think Stefan. Stefan interrupts. <laughs> Stefan is that their couple name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stefan interrupts Catherine, and he's like, "Listen up, you manipulative, psychotic bitch!" <laughs> he just goes there, and it's very yeah. intense. Yeah. And she's like, "Listen, Elena's doomed." and maybe you can, unless maybe you can use this moonstone that I conveniently have with me that you put in here with me for some reason Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, stop the curse from being broken. And Stefan's like, j'accuse, bitch. I think that you'd planned this whole thing all along. You've been telling a a fake tale to Elena, so we'll let you out of the the tomb. (laughs) But Catherine's like, excuse me. No, because Klaus is gonna come here and he's gonna murder everybody. But no vampires can get into this tomb, so I'm gonna be the safest psychotic bitch in town. Oh, Stefan, yeah, burnt. Oh my gosh, zing snaps for everyone. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it was very good. Now I don't know whose side I'm on after all of this. It's possible to be on multiple people's sides. I'm on everyone's side except for Jerry. I feel like everybody is just, like, scared of Klaus right now. And that's the side that we're on. You're right. Mutual enemies. Yeah. Uh, And I think we cut immediately to Damon, who's back at the Salvatore boarding house, just, like, sitting there staring sadly into the fire. Yeah, and just swigging out the whiskey bottle straight up. And then Rose comes in and she's wearing some kind of like sultry camisole with like a lace trim. I know. I was like very intrigued by that outfit and I was like, I would literally never wear that. It might have been a romper of some kind. Oh, I wasn't sure if it was like black jeans with a lacy camisole thing. I don't know. But she was looking a little seductive. She was. She looked good. Yeah. Hair notwithstanding. (laughs) But they have another conversation about the humanity switch. And Rose is like Oh, you remind me of Trevor Because he always had some kind of scheme And uh, Blah, 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 blah And Damon's like, oh, so where did all that shit get him? He dead And yeah. she says that he should fight His feelings for Elena because they're gonna Get him killed True And then he says something One of them says something like Maybe it's time for all of us to turn off our emotion switch Yeah, and then it's weird. It's like, she's like, you should turn yours off. And he says, I'll turn mine off if you turn yours off. Right. And then they just start making out. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like if you had your emotional switch turned off, you wouldn't want to make out with a whole bunch of people. I don't know. I feel like if you have your emotions switch off, you can just be horny for whoever you want to be horny for and not have to deal with it. That's a good point. So I guess that maybe emotion isn't tied up with, sexual urges. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Just like in life. It depends on the person. Well, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we don't need to get into the whole spectrum of sexuality. Okay. Not today. (laughs) No. We had a long episode last week. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they're making out. It's all intense. And then we, unfortunately, go back to Jeremy, (laughs) who is now playing pool alone, and he looks over at the table And Bonnie is sitting there talking to Luca still. And apparently this conversation has been going on for a while. He just gives this look like, gee whiz. Ew. And this is where his bronzer is like super prominent. It's (laughs) like you just can't slap some bronzer on a character to make him more attractive. I'm sorry. No. No, There's nothing that can make Jeremy attractive. No. Though I have to tell you a horrible secret. It's not a secret. Ew. Just a fact. There are people out there who think that Jeremy's really hot. I'm sure there are. And double spoiler alert, we will have to see him shirtless again. Claire, my stomach (laughs) is trending. I just feel like you need to be warned. Uh, Now I know what is in my inevitable future. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll all die before we get to that point. Although, would I rather see him without a shirt or in that fucking stupid outfit again? In that outfit? Oh my god, are you serious? But the outfit made me so, so mad because it was so stupid and ugly. I'm going to put a picture of it on our Instagram. Don't worry, listeners. Your reaction to it is very intense. It is. It's just like the conglomeration of every terrible man outfit. Mm. And none of the pieces go together. No. He needs a new stylist. I guess he's, like, not wearing his gothy emo clothes anymore. So maybe it's, like, I am a whole new Jeremy. Yeah, did he even have his leather cuff on? I don't know. I didn't notice. So then um, Stefan walks Elena home, and she's, like, you need to get out of here. And he's, like, no, we need to talk about this. And she starts kind of freaking out because she's, like, now I know what's going to happen. Like, if Klaus comes here, he's going to... Kill everyone I love. Catherine wants to kill Tyler and Caroline. And, you know, I can't even blame any of this shit on you anymore. (laughs) And I was glad that there was an acknowledgement that, like, everything that happened in the last season was because Stefan came to town. Yeah. She's like, I can't blame it on you coming to town or us falling in love. Like, all of this shit is happening because of me. And she starts crying and they hug. And I feel bad for Elena because it sucks. It's not her fault, but... She's the doppelganger. This scene made me very skeptical. Mm. Because here's what's real. Stefan has been alive for like 200 years. Okay, 170 or whatever. Mm -hmm. He knows a lot about the vampire community. Yeah. He knew Lexi, who knew the originals. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he didn't know about the doppelgangers. Wait, Lexi knew the originals? Yeah, because... Don't you think so? Because she knew Rose and was trying to hook them up. And I thought thought that was like maybe in like the 1950s or something. But Rose isn't an original. No, I know, but she knows about the original, and if she was friends with Lexi, you think that it would have never Hmm. come up. I don't know, because she was on the run from them, so maybe she didn't want to bring it up. I think it's plausible that Stefan wouldn't have heard about the originals from Lexi, at least. But it is a little suspect that he doesn't know about them at all. Yeah. It just seems weird to me that he just popped up here and, like, got involved with Elena. Mm. I don't know. I'm still skeptical of how he got involved in this whole situation. <laughs> like, ever since the car crash, ever since saving her, I just think yeah. that it's all a little too weird. Interesting. And I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to keep remembering it as this weird shit pops up, and hopefully all of this thought won't be for naught when we decide <laughs> what's actually going on here. Um. So, Yeah that's sad and upsetting and then we cut to another sad thing where Catherine is sitting alone in the tomb uh, apparently Elena also gave her like a flash like a portable electric torch lamp <laughs> thing and she's reading the Petrova book and there's like for some reason a drawing of her parents and it's either her or a sister of hers yeah It's just like a a hand drawn picture of them like in the middle of the book and she's just looking at it and getting emotional, like it's my family. Yeah. Like what how many years? Six, seven hundred? It was really sad. Yeah. I wonder if vampire minds are different than human minds. Like, can you remember something that long ago so vividly? Apparently, because she told a whole damn story about it today. (laughs) Actually, good point. That was a stupid question. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I mean, maybe she, like, stores more important memories and forgets other shit, like Sherlock Holmes style or something. Or she has a pensive, like, Dumbledore. Yes. I think that that's right. Okay. So then, after we see Catherine lamenting over her family sketchbook, um, we check back over with Slater. Slater! And, he, and he's on the phone with Rose, and he's like, listen, Rose, the shit that went down today was crazy. Like, I'm freaking freaked out, and, like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, okay, bye! Right? <laughs> well, he <laughs> then segues into, like, I don't want any part of this, but... I did some research in, like, the five hours since you left town. Oh, yeah. And found that the curse can be disabled, or the moonstone can be disabled. You just need to get the moonstone and a witch. Can your friend do that? And she's like, yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye! So now everybody knows about the curse, right? Everybody knows that it needs the moonstone, a vampire, and a witch. Yeah, well, I guess it hasn't gotten to Caroline and Bonnie yet, but we'll That's know true. Sure enough. But then it's revealed that Slater is not alone in his apartment. No, he has been duped into uh, sending some false information to Rose by none other than Elijah, who apparently probably snatched him up during the whole like window breaking incident. (laughs) Yes, And and Elijah is like very nicely done and. Sleighter is like I don't understand why I did that I don't how did you compel me I'm also a vampire and Elijah's like listen I'm a special vampire I'm very old and I'm going to need you to stab yourself through the heart with a steak and it was a very fancy steak it was like is this from your personal private collection of like boutique style steaks probably But Slater is like, oh, I don't want to do that. Uh, I'll die forever. But he's being compelled by Elijah, who can apparently compel other vampires. And he stakes himself right through the chest. And that's now two suicides in one episode. That's a record. And then a voice from another room is like, was that really necessary? And oh my god. It's Luca's dad! Dr. Jonas Martin. Dr. Jonas Martin. They didn't move to Mystic Falls just to fit in. No, they didn't. They left Louisiana for a reason. And Elijah's like, oh, yes, it was necessary. Bye, girl, bye. And then we cut to black. Yeah, so Elijah's got some kind of scheme up his sleeve. Mm Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Slater, we barely knew ye. I did like that one of the last things he said in his life was when Elijah complimented him on his duplicitous phone call he says oh I have a theater degree <laughs> oh yeah oh, I didn't write that down that's so good so yeah a lot of information in that episode wow thanks for carrying us through this was another one that where I was just like what I mean a lot of it was easier for me to remember because I know how this all turns out okay and i watched it several times, because it yeah. was really just, like, a lot. We had flashbacks to multiple <laughs> countries in multiple years in the 15th century. Yes! Oh my gosh, I know. And we have Elijah and Trevor, who both look very similar. I think this is the last time we see Trevor, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, good. I'll probably still mix up their <laughs> names for at least the next eight episodes. How dare you mix up Elijah with anybody? He's Elijah. Yeah, so we've got, like that going on and we also have Catherine and Elena who look the same and we have multiple versions of Catherine in different time periods Mm -hmm. um, which is super intense but I think that we're getting a lot of really good backstory here yeah and Damon and Rose are now a thing yeah you're right and Damon and Elena are becoming less of a thing I think I don't know how it's going to end with their kind of mini reunion in this episode but the show is way more exciting when we're not all caught up in their relationship yeah it's like she's not with stefan anymore but they're like involved in each other's lives due to like murder plots she's on okay terms with damon again now but like damon has his own thing going on with rose Mm -hmm. stefan is still obsessed with elena but she's keeping her distance so like this is one of the first episodes where Elena actually had an agenda that had nothing to do with the Salvatores. Yeah. And that was very refreshing. It was. It really was. And, like, the way that she went in all prepared just to mm-hmm. confront Catherine, and she, like, had her own plan up her sleeve. It was awesome. I want to give her a merit badge. Me too. <laughs> she was so prepared. <laughs> um, so, I think I know the answer, but who do you want to punch? Klaus. Oh. Why? Who do you want to punch, Jeremy? Well, I, mean, I thought you were going to say Jeremy. I say Jeremy every episode, okay, so but I feel me- like Klaus has brought more evil upon okay. the world than Jeremy's outfit, although it was a close <laughs> match. Um, so it seems to me that Klaus is the origin of setting all of this just really bad shit in motion. Mm-hmm. Like, he was looking for the doppelganger. He somehow hunted Katarina Petrova. He imprisoned her she tried to run away with a moonstone he hunted her down he looped in rose and trevor who 500 years later have roped in elena and the rest of the crew in this issue so i'm gonna say that klaus seems like a pretty evil dude Mm -hmm. elijah is doing his bidding and he's pretty bad so that's who i pick i like it thank you how about you I want to punch Katarina's dad. Oh, nice. Very good choice. Because if you think about it, all of this is sort of his fault. Oh, yeah. Because if he hadn't stolen his daughter's baby and given it away then Catherine would have never left Bulgaria. She would have just raised her daughter, lived out a human life. Klaus would probably never have known that there was a doppelganger out there. Mm -hmm. And then Elena wouldn't be in all this trouble now and all of her friends and family by extension. And all because he was like, my daughter, she brought shame to the family with her lady parts. I must get rid of her baby and banish her from the country. (laughs) Yeah, like he really escalated that shit. Yeah, so I blame you, Mr. Petrova. Good choice. I'm glad you got speared to a door. I know. If anybody deserved it, it was Mr. Petrova. You and your fucking beard, mustache combo. <laughs> <sighs> and so, I mean, I think that also is partially why our men. Yeah. It's like women's purity is of the utmost importance. And sure, it was 1490, so it was like yeah. even more intensely that way back then. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's something that if women partake in sexual activity, then they have potentially a physical representation of that, mm-hmm. which men don't, right? So yeah, women like, can be don't pregnant. We shame not even father of family. Catherine's baby. We don't. And I don't think we ever find out. So do you think that Catherine is... No, not Catherine. Do you think that Elena is, like, the offspring of her child? I mean, she must be, because, like, okay, they make yeah. this whole big deal. Like, even in the Petrova book, it says that Catherine was the end of the bloodline, but because uh-huh. she had this baby... Like, somehow that baby had a baby, and then maybe uh-huh. there were, like, branches of the family. But the okay. bloodline continued and was filtered through generations of various families. Gotcha. That's what I figured, but I wanted to check, because sometimes I can't keep up with the shit. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, Elena goes on Ancestry.com, I'm sure she'll see quite a tale. Yeah, she's Sponsor got Ancestry. Sponsor Ancestry.com. Yes. Or Bing. We're still waiting. <laughs> Anybody, really. <laughs> yeah, men... They were, spe- they were really back in form this week, mm-hmm. like, when Jeremy was like, oh, I thought you would be bad at pool. Yeah. That was just such a male thing. Like, I must impress the female with my prowess at sport like activities. She surely will not have any skills. I know. And, like, calling that out and expecting, like – Bonnie could probably kick Jeremy's ass at pool. She could just use her fucking magic powers to make all the balls zoom into the (laughs) hole. Or she could just light the whole fucking thing on fire. Oh, I wish she had done that. I know, me too. (laughs) Yeah, and then just like again, Damon thinking that he could kill Rose when she's like 500 years older than him. Uh, I know these same things keep popping up week over week, but it's real—just like real life, where we fucking men never learn. Nope, they don't. I really wish that Bonnie would have been like, listen, I'm good at everything. You are a stupid fool with the worst outfit and you need to tone down the bronzer. Yeah. That's what Jeremy deserved in this episode. Go back to daycare, kid. I have more important things to do. Like hang out with Luca in front of your face. <clears throat> oh, I don't like where that's going. Yeah, like I, I can't really root for Luca that much because he no. seems kind of like a completely bland dude at this point. I mean, we haven't seen much of him. He seems no, but neutral. his dad is that doctor whose name I can't remember. Dr. Jonas Martin. Is Dr. Jonas Martin just trying to get in with Elijah so that he could be part of the curse? I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with that yet. We don't know how involved any of them are or for what reason. I know. I'm trumping the gun here. But we'll find out in due time. But yeah. I don't know. Anytime Jeremy's around, there's some kind of douchey male behavior happening. Very true. So that, it's good to have something to rely on in this world. And then, of course, you had to always bring up Stefan and his, like, paranoia about Damon. <laughs> and yeah. Like, in the moment where he he looked like he had figured out, like, the cogs <laughs> were turning in his head, and he was going to tell Caroline, I really, like, I didn't, didn't remember this scene, so I was like, oh, he's going to say, she wants to see Catherine, didn't she? But his first thought, of course, is that oh, I've been broken up with Elena for two days, she's going to be fucking my brother now. Yeah. Because she just is like... Untrustworthy. If she's not his property, mm-hmm. then she'll just like fall into the bed of whatever man is interested in her or yeah. something. Or even like just straight up like going against the exact thing that she wanted, you know, yeah. or that he wanted. He's, she's never given him any reason to suspect that she would want to fuck his brother. And yet he always thinks that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And they're, like, barely back on good terms now. So it's really weird that his mind went there right away. Yeah, she just started talking to him again, like, two episodes ago. So, yeah, Stefan, even when he and Elena are not together, is, like, an overprotective, jealous asshole. Ain't that the truth. God forbid Elena, like, goes on a date with somebody else ever again in her life. I don't feel like she could. (laughs) Stefan would just be like... Bonnie, where's Elena? (laughs) 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 Oh my god. So I think that brings us to who should have done it? I guess so. What do you think? I've been having so much trouble with these lately. Yeah. I feel like there were some viable pairings this week, though, which is different from usual. I, okay, I pick Rose and Stefan. Hmm. I don't like Rose and Damon together. Didn't you pick them last week? Did I? I oh, I did. <laughs> I didn't listen to last week's episode. Oh man, you ship it hard. Oh, I do. I do. I don't like. Rose seems like a really good person to me, and I don't want her to have to shut down her emotions to be with someone. And I think yeah. that she's a sensitive soul. And I think that even though Stefan sucks, he's also a sensitive soul.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I would like them to do it. Okay. I think that I want Damon and Slater. Oh. Because Slater was, like, fanboying so hard over Damon, it would be like, Damon could feel, like, really cool and famous, and Slater could, like, fulfill his fantasy. Yeah, and you know Damon likes that shit. Oh, yeah. I think that Damon has been intimately acquainted with quite a few dicks in his life. Yeah, for sure. We never get to hear about it, unfortunately, but I'm convinced. I know. I agree with you. Well, I wasn't against Damon and Rose sleeping Together. I think it kind of works. I just, I felt like it was sad. I think they both, like, know that it's not, like, a love thing, but they're both feeling emotional, and there's an attraction, and I think that's fine. Yeah. I just feel like it could have, I don't know. I, like, really like Rose for some reason, and I think I'm holding on to the fact that Lexi tried to set up Rose and Stefan, and maybe they're could be something more important there than what she has mm. with Damon which seems kind of a, impulsive which not that that's a bad thing I don't know I just I just don't see something deeper there and yeah. I feel like with Rose's loss of her best friend she might benefit from something mm. more emotional uh, I think we forgot to mention during the recap like there was a quick scene of them like post-coital in front of the fire Rose is still wearing her camisole <laughs> good <laughs> and I Absolutely. wouldn't take that off But they're, like, having a conversation. This is, like, right before uh, Slater calls them. Mm -hmm. I don't know why calls was also British. Um, Calls them. (laughs) Calls them on the telephone. Um, Where they're talking about the humanity switch again, and Rose is kind of like, well, we both know that that's fake. Like, maybe when you're a new vampire, you can do it. But when you're as old as us, there's no real way to turn off your emotions. You just have to fake it till you make it. Oh. So it's kind of calling bullshit on Damon's whole shtick. Oh, like okay. maybe young like baby vampires like if Caroline wanted to turn off her humanity, she could do it. But Damon couldn't even if he wanted to and Rose super can't. Wow, okay. I must have like missed that a little bit. Mm. So, I think that they're just like bonding like they're both in a shitty place. Like he's she's just lost her best friend. He's mm-hmm. like in love with his brother's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And they both think that they might die really soon because <laughs> of Klaus. So why not bang one out? True. So I was okay with that. I didn't mind it. Now that we're talking about it, I don't think that I mind it either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I want them to get married, but... Yeah, it could have been worse. It could have been Jeremy. Uh, it could have been Jeremy and anybody, but especially Bonnie. <laughs> All right. Uh, so again, Very action-packed episode. I always love the flashbacks, if for no other reason than all the ridiculous, silly wigs and outfits. Yeah. And yeah, we have a lot more information than we did last week. We do. And I know that we've been talking about the past couple episodes where it feels like a different show. But with this one, like... Everything is different. We're not talking about the teenage high school storylines. Barely anybody goes to school anymore. Yeah, Alaric and and Jenna, who even knows who they are, where they are, what's going on (laughs) with them. Um, It's very focused on the curse and how we're going to work towards breaking it. And at this point, it seems to me like we're going to end up in kind of like a rush to see which supernatural power could break the curse first yeah i'm interested to see like can it be a witch and if so like what is their benefit right because we Mm -hmm. know that the werewolves get vampires curse stuck upon them the vampires get the werewolves curse stuck upon them and who knows what the witches get they get a party yep (laughs) so looking forward to the next episode i don't remember what it is but i'm sure it's good i'm sure it's good this (laughs) season is killing it it Really is good job vampire diaries season two. Uh, so yeah, if you want to chat with us about anything that's happened this week or thoughts on season, hit us up on various social media. Mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries, the Vampire Diaries Diaries on Facebook. You could also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. Rate us and review us on iTunes. Still haven't gotten a review in a while. It's making us sad. It is. I check every day, and every day I'm disappointed. You are making Beth sad every day. I know. Think about that. Think about how, how I can barely remember the names of the people on the show and how hard it must be for me <laughs> to deal with this no more reviews. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a long week, y'all. I'm sorry. If you're being chased by an ancient vampire with a silly name and his friend with a silly wig, maybe suicide is the answer. But be sure that you have vampire blood in your system first, kids. Stay safe. Mozzarella.